0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan with the Law My Resource Podcast. This is show 133. I'm pumped you're here today because today we have Russ and Joey from Wealth Without Wall Street representing the hat that they sent me. Big thanks to them for that uh, on the show. And this is an incredible episode because uh, these guys have dedicated uh, what they do and they've built a community around helping people find wealth without Wall Street, uh, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and Uh, We go through a lot about what they talk about, their philosophies and all this stuff. But one thing that they do is they set up a link for us, which I'll tell you right now. But, uh, you know, you might want to go to it now or or after. Um, It's wealthwithoutwallstreet.com slash resource. And they've set up some tools and resources for us, including something that I encourage you to do and something that I have done, uh, which is take their investor DNA assessment. And it helps you figure out what asset classes are best for you. So if you're in that position where you're trying to figure out, you know, are laundromats good for me? Is there another asset that's good for me based on my personality and, you know, all the things going on in my life and stuff, uh, this assessment will help you figure out how to narrow it down. Now, hopefully it comes out laundromats because uh, I love laundromats and I think you should too, but it's not going to be a fit for everybody. So if that's a place where you're at, uh, check out wealthwithoutwallstreet.com slash resource and they've cut us a sweet deal on some of their stuff that they've got going on over there. So check that out. We'll talk about that in the episode. Uh, But again, this is an incredible episode. And if you are looking to sort of get out of that nine to five, uh, you know, as quickly as possible or achieve that financial freedom as quickly as possible, uh, this is the episode for you. We have a lot of fun. Uh, Real quick before we jump into it with Russ and Joey, one thing I do want to say that we have added to the pro community um, is one one comment that I get a lot uh, is that these podcast episodes are long and people don't always have time to listen to all of them. So one thing that we decided to do, and thanks to the pro community for this input, uh, is I'm actually going back through all the old episodes and taking the three main takeaways from every episode and my favorite quote from every episode because I've been keeping track of all the quotes uh, from every episode. And I'm putting them into a podcast episode right now exclusively for the pro community that is three to five minutes long. And it's my top three takeaways and my favorite quote. So just uh, wanted to let you know about that. I'm I've been having a blast actually going back through these podcasts, uh, interviews, and uh, and pulling out my top three takeaways. Uh, a little bit of nostalgia going on, but also just refreshing uh, the learning that's happening over there. And if that's something that's interesting to you, check out laundromatresource.com slash pro and uh, come join the community. We're having a great time over there. People are growing. That's the whole thing, right? Getting laundromats, growing their laundromats, all that stuff, joining masterminds uh using all the tools and resources there's a whole bunch of pro perks where you're getting discounts on stuff there's a lot going on over there so check out slash Pro if you want access to uh that uh pro Community only as of right now at least podcast um, and our new AI tool which will help you sift through the mountains of information and data that we have um, from podcast episodes YouTube videos blog posts etc etc um can that AI tool can help you sift through that. Okay, I'm just I'm excited about all we got going on over here, but I'm also excited about jumping in with Russ and Joey, so let's get into it right now with Russ and Joey from Wealth Without Wall Street. All right, Joey and Russ, thank you for coming on the show. Super excited to talk with you guys uh on Wealth Without Wall Street. Uh looking forward to getting into that and what that's all about. But uh how's it going, good, guys? Man. man, it's it's always a
1: good day when we get to talk about Strategies off of Wall Street. That's why we love you and your your laundromat strategy as well.
2: It's always good to also you know awesome. be able to have a chance to rag on Joey and knowing your profile. Just as being able to have you on our show, you like to uh, have fun and not afraid yeah. to beat somebody up. So this is going to be good. Like, and we got Joey in the middle here <laughs> on the screen. So I think this is going to be good, Jordan.
0: That's right. Oh, no. <laughs> we got him surrounded. <laughs> a public humiliation is. Probably my love language, so a uh, lot of a lot of love coming towards Joey today. It's gonna be great. Ooh. It's gonna be great, uh, guys. Why don't you give us a quick little background uh, on who you guys are, and maybe just a like a, a a brief journey through your your investing career up to this point?
1: Man, I, I'll tell you what, Jordan. Uh, to sum up, Russ and I, you got two rednecks from Alabama who are just I mean just out for freedom I mean if you want to like sum up our lives it's about freedom we we homeschool our kids um, we we love financial freedom because it gives us geography freedom right and the ability to do our businesses from wherever whenever with whoever and ultimately you know spiritual freedom and if we don't have that all the other things don't matter um, and but really, how we got to this point is I was in the, in the wealth, uh, in the mortgage business for eleven years, and Russ was a CFP he was the, he was the bad guy. he was Wall Street, like hint, hint you know get away from him. and we learned over the time that man, you can't have freedom from an active income. Uh, As I saw in the mortgage business, I was growing every single year, getting higher and higher commissions, and I was losing more and more of the people that I love the most. I have five daughters, and man, we would go on vacation, and I would not be present mentally because I was physically there, but I was always working. My phone was literally on my hip. Russ always jokes with me. I had a little holster you know, for my BlackBerry. You were one of those I'm, guys. I'm giving, I'm giving myself away here, okay? The holster yeah. with the Bluetooth headset. I mean, it was
0: it was the whole thing. <laughs> you were slipping with Alabama, and now you're feeling <laughs> the phone. Hit! hit. Oh, oh my gosh, I don't. I don't know if there's recovery for uh, you Going for I'll load. try. I'll try. <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens. But I'm not holding out hope. But hey, I think I'm in
1: good company here. That there's a lot of people that were in the same boat that I was. That. I would send my wife and kids down to the beach and say, hey, I just have one more phone call and I'll be right there. And then three hours later, I'm walking down that boardwalk behind our condo, just ready to get on the beach. And there's my family coming up just pissed that dad has missed another vacation because he's working. And I was lying to myself the whole time saying, I'm working for them. I'm working this hard for them and I can't stop this this kind of hamster wheel lifestyle. And the reality was I needed to be introduced to a whole new way of thinking. And that came in the form of uh, Russ sharing a book with me that totally transformed the way I think and put us on this path to now, you know, together we've created over $50,000 a month in passive income through various different investments and they're all, off Wall Street, and that's what we're about, just helping people get to that same point.
0: Well, that was kind of messed up of you to say that Russ gave you a book that transformed your life, and you didn't even share what book it was. <laughs> well, this <laughs> why, is where I, I totally redeemed to myself here, right? You said <laughs> I had to dig myself out of a hole.
1: Um, yeah, it was uh, – I'll give you the, the short story is, the book is um, Become Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. And uh, he actually became a mentor of Russ and I shortly thereafter. But the, the, the items in the page that stuck out to me was, man, I had to take control of my finances and I had to create a different way of thinking, which is the way that a bank thinks. And that's uh, through leverage, through passive income and through access to capital that, man, most of America does not understand. And we want to continuously open their eyes to see it so that they can gain freedom.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Uh, That's actually a book that has not come up on the podcast, but that definitely should have come up uh, by now on the podcast. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say it redeems you, but, you know, maybe a step. Man, you can't get the the phone
2: off the hip. Like, that dude... Come on. I, yeah, it's, I just no, don't know if you can come I, back from that. I, I don't know. I, 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 whenever he said, Hey, I want to come work with you, I was like, Phone's got to go, bro. I mean, we're going to have to put it in the pocket. <laughs> Listen, I cannot. Nope. You see, no more touching. No, no <laughs> more blue. Put it. Your no pocket more is so close. Beep, 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 like, just put it in. None of that. Yeah. We're not doing that. <laughs> that doesn't work. No, he, he. it's so funny. That's like, great. you know, the, the story that he shares, though, is a story that we hear a lot when people come and join our community. They're they're telling that story of the things that they were doing, the mistakes they were making. And, I, you know, our story really is a, a little bit of learning, a lot of unlearning, because as a, Joey mentioned, I was a CFP. Jordan said that there was a ton of things that I thought I knew about the way the world worked. And then when the 2008 crash happened and I lost 50% of the money that my wife and I, you know, highly trained, she was a a dentist, I was a CFP, like had great incomes, not a whole lot to show for it, but had been doing everything the way the world had told us to, like putting money in the market, uh, paying down debt. We even had bought a rental property, good for us, but we were no closer to financial freedom because we didn't have the passive income that exceeded our monthly expenses. And so for us, it, it always had to start with, what do we need to learn and unlearn? How do we start building a warehouse for our cash to reside, right? We have to really organize our cash in a place that we can get to. And that's what that book that Joey was talking about, it it described that problem, the biggest obstacle to people to becoming financially free is they have lack of lack of access to cash. And there's a lot of reasons why. And as I was reading that book and learning from it at a conference in January 2009, I'm seeing myself in, in the situation. The problem he's detailing is the exact one I'm in and he starts laying out a solution to get out of it. And ultimately, that's what led he and I to pursuing different asset classes. How do we start investing and putting this cash to work to build the passive income? And there was a lot of mistakes, right? We didn't understand who we were as investors. And so we were just investing in, if I watch Jordan, I go, Jordan's making money in laundromats. That must be good. I should just go do that, right? Oh, here's Sharon. He's investing in multifamily. He's having success there. I should do that. Oh, here's Mark. He's doing land flipping. He's having success there. I should do that. And we started just chasing what other people were doing and hoping that we were going to get the same results that they were getting because they were getting the results, And along the way, we started learning there's reasons why people have success in different areas and maybe maybe we don't. It's not that the asset is bad, right? There's no good or bad investments. There's good and bad investors is what Kiyosaki would say. And so we had to learn how to become good investors. We had to learn who we were as an investor so that then we could start matching up that with the things we invested in. And that's what's really helped us accelerate. And I think that that's the message that we want to keep sharing is that there's a pathway to financial freedom. And if two knuckleheads from Alabama and one who is poorly dressed with bad technology skills can get there, you can too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm just going to vouch. Like if Joey
0: can get there, anybody <laughs> to this can get there. Uh, <laughs> I really don't even know you that well. So I don't know why it's just flowing so easy, but it's flowing pretty easy over here. And I'm just going to let it happen. I don't know. Hey, I feel like I'm in your... Uh, your Krav
1: Maga, you know, class right now just getting beat. Uh, and I, I don't uh, like it so much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Krav Maga, so disrespected again and I can't I, I, don't know, I can't be held responsible for what happens. I'm just kidding. Uh no, but I mean I think your guys' story really uh I, I think it really does resonate with A lot of people, right? I mean, there's a lot of content out there right now. I think one of the reasons people are interested in laundromat is that freedom thing, right? It's like, how do I make income that's not tied to my freedom? And, and, you know, there's so much, there's a lot to be said about working hard, right? There's a lot to be said about that, but you've got to find out ways to make money beyond just brute force in it. Like sometimes you just got to, you know, you got to bear down and you got to work hard, right? That just has to happen, but you've got to find other ways to make money that doesn't require that too. And I mean, you said, you know, you can't have freedom with an active income and that's sort of that working hard model, which just, it just doesn't work in the long term of, of building wealth. Right. So can you, can you, uh, can you guys just share a little bit. So, I mean, you said, okay, I, I have to, we we have to change the way we think we have to learn how to become good investors. You know, this book was sounds like step one or early step in that direction. Can you talk us through, you know, there's, there's so many people listening right now who their goal is that freedom, right? So can you talk us through the process? Not yet about what investments you made and stuff, but what process did you go through to figure out how to become a good investor? No, I-
1: I'll say this: uh, the good news is, we we learned what we did right and what we did wrong, and it was over a long period of time. You know, this was a, a roughly ten year span of time that we did a lot of things, and we have the the benefit of you know looking in the rear view and seeing that you can see things very clearly in that situation. And so, what we've done is we've since built out what the process should be. And what that does is you're able to borrow that from us and, as we like to say, compress time, right? Not go through the situations of investing in the wrong things, not go through the situations of starting with the wrong vision and not putting cash in places that are not efficient. Um, Like the big killers are home equity, um, qualified plans like your 401ks, your IRAs. Those things are, are absolute killers to financial freedom. And if you can imagine it, paying off debt. Like you think, man, this is, what could be wrong with that? That's a good thing. But paying off debt is actually one of the biggest um, detractors from creating cash flow in your passive income journey. And so uh, I say that to say we have a whole process that we walk people through. Um, but the, the kicker for us, man, really came... I think it's the biggest accelerator in our whole journey was realizing that God has created each of you in each of us to see the world and to see investments in a certain way. And man, some of those things are really positive. Some of those things are really negative. And some of those things are just impossibilities for us in how we're wired. Like for instance, I am not gonna go step in front of a drunk guy in my laundromat and proceed to like put him in a sleeper hold or whatever and have him taken off the premises. I'm probably going to be laid out in my own laundromat in in blood. Like that's just not going to be my style, right? So what did, you know, what we had to do is develop that investor DNA profile and then from that start to filter down into what
2: investments do fit for us and or do we need partners to help us be successful. Let me jump in there. I I want to add some clarity to this because the investor DNA profile is something that is usually new, Jordan. And I know that you're a seasoned investor and so you've thought about this in different ways. But as you're listening to this, driving down the road or running on the treadmill, maybe you haven't even considered this unique nature of how you're built. And I'm going to just give you an example for me. The very first quote-unquote passive income investment I made, Jordan, was into, but I bought a condo in my college town, right? Like, So I, a buddy of mine had converted some apartments into condos. He sold them all off, made a ton of money. Two of them came back to him in a foreclosure. guy went in through bankruptcy. He got them back, came to me and said, dude, I will give this to you at wholesale. I've already made my money in it. I've already got a renter in it. The property is selling at 125 on the retail market right now. I'll sell it to you at 85, and I will even give you a phantom second, so you don't even have to put any money in the deal. And it's going to break even cash flow for the first, you know, nine months until the rent, uh, the renter, uh, the lease ends, and then you can raise rents or sell the property, get your money out, move on. I'm like genius, right? Like who wouldn't take that deal? Well, this is um, early. 2007. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's coming for you. <laughs> um, well, there's a lot of things that happened there. One, the university was building 2,000 units that they were going to require freshmen to move into. I didn't do due diligence to know that. Well, my profile, right, on a disc, I'm an I, influence. You know influencers in your life, you know that they are they love talking, they love being in front of people, they do not love follow-through or details, right? Right. So I wasn't doing any of those details well, secondly, I needed the ability to influence the outcome, but how can I influence the outcome of one unit in a college town that's two hours away from me in the midst of fifteen thousand twenty units you know twenty thousand units in the city? I couldn't I couldn't influence it at all, and so in addition to you know. The unit above it flooding it three times over the 14 years that I owned it. <laughs> and uh, the the market crashing in 2007 and 8 and 9 and uh, me struggling to rent it, having tenants coming in for six months, having to deal with dogs, dealing with all the things. I realized that this was a terrible investment for me, not because of all of those other things, mostly because I couldn't influence his outcome. And I made that decision influence the rest of my next 10 to 11 years, man. I didn't make another truly passive deal outside of investing in just some basic things, some companies, some friends that were starting companies, I made some small investments, some small private lending deals. But for the most part, I did nothing for 10 to 11 years because I had such a poor experience with that, I thought, well, that's just the way it is. And it wasn't until we started, as Joey said, reflecting on looking back and saying, what made investments good or bad for us? And it was the nature in which they connected to who we were. And I was like, I, as an influencer, like being able to influence. I like to be able to get involved. I like actually buying and building businesses. And I was like, well, why don't we do more things like that? And so what did we do? We started building a land business. We started building a short-term rental business. We we started building some e-commerce business. Started building an information business. We started building these different businesses. And I was excited. I was pouring effort. I was pouring money into it. And when Joey says, hey, we we're able to report every month on our passive income reporting this over 50000 a month for the last several years, well, it's a result of us investing through our unique abilities and through our unique gifts and the way that we see the world. And as we all know, there's people who are making millions, billions, trillions of dollars in investment real estate. But for me, because I couldn't influence it, I didn't like it. And I wasn't going to put any money in it, any real money into it. And so for that, I, I realized, Oh, I need to stay in my lane, find the things that I I get interested in, and then I can go deep and I can have success there. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that that is a huge,
0: thank you for sharing that, that story. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of, a lot of people listening know my story of my debacle of an entry into this laundromat industry. Right. And sometimes you got to take those lumps, but going back to what, you know, Joey said, I mean, I think that, that fear of that happening keeps a lot of people from getting into the game, right. And whether that's you know, buying a laundromat or buying a piece of real estate or a business or you know whatever it is, uh, that fear of, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, a uh, a condo and you know a whole bunch of new ones are coming in and the economy is going to collapse, right? Or I'm going to buy a laundromat and I'm fighting in the laundromat and losing money at the same time, right? Like that that uh, you know those are real fears. But you know, going back to what Joey mentioned earlier, like it's not just you know. Being in a community, or borrowing your guys's framework, or or my framework for laundromats or whatever, it's it's not just about collapsing timelines. It's huge. That's huge, right? But it's also weeding out a lot of those early on mistakes that are just so easy to make that become almost a rite of passage for a lot of people. But it's a it's a rite of passage for a lot of people who try to go it alone, you know, in the beginning, right? And you know, you can shortcut a uh, collapse the time frames on uh, that journey towards financial freedom and you can avoid or borrow the lessons of other people who've already made the mistakes so you don't have to make them. And I'll just say as somebody who's made some massive mistakes, there's no pride or no honor or anything in having gone through that. Yes, you learn a lot, but I'd much rather, you know, instead of going through years of losing money and you know, emotional suffering, uh, I'd much rather just make a good investment the first time and start enjoying that freedom a lot earlier. so I, huge uh, huge there. Um, let's talk a little bit more about investor DNA. I mean, I think that's really intriguing. Uh, I don't know, I don't know where Russ just went, but I'm sure he'll pop back on. Uh, so Joey, it's on you until he gets back. but let's talk about investor DNA. And can you talk just a little bit more about what that is? And, you know, a lot of people listening to this are like, man, maybe I should invest in a laundromat or maybe I should invest in, you know, a uh, self storage or or whatever else, right? Mm -hmm. Like, can you talk about what investor DNA is? And then maybe we can get into how do we figure out what my investor DNA is? Yeah. Uh, So,
1: first and foremost, we created it as a profile, as an assessment to help people. Start to narrow down because, as you mentioned, um, now your show is more niche; it's more focused in one space, so laundromats. And to be honest, I think that helps a lot because people just know what they're going to get. They they can go deep on one subject. In our in our world, we were invi- in you know talking to all these different you know specialists, people that know all about land flipping, all about self storage, all about in your case laundromats. And it can be overwhelming. It's like, wow, so many good ideas. (laughs) Which one do I start with? And Russ wants to do all of them because he's an I. And I'm over here like I'm an S. Which, by the way, just as I clarify that, you're familiar with the DISC profile? Can you give a quick overview for anybody who's yeah? So the DISC profile is a a personality assessment that really tracks... um, four main types and there's variations of the two of all of them like you can have two or three of these as kind of primary but you always have one that's like your main driver a d would be a dominant type they're going to be much more driven for things that are going to be uh, quick they they have a, a quicker pace potentially they like to see higher rates returns they want to they want to kind of be involved they want to have kind of like the bragging rights around things an I would be as Russ mentioned, more of an influence. They they like they like a party. They like to be um social. They're they're very driven by um you know how they how they look on the outside, contrary to how Russ dresses and his hygiene. Um but you know, those things are what high you know, high eyes are all about. I'm an S, which Is that what that smell <laughs> is, by the way? Is that? You can <laughs> smell it through the podcast at this point. Um we work from home, Jordan, so it makes it a little bit easier. But you know, <clears throat> and a high S is going to be somebody who's loyal. They're going to put up with a lot of crap from Russ. Um, they are they're looking for steady consistency, um, like not a whole lot of volatility and and you know chaos. And um, they're going to be very nurturing in a sense. A C is going to be very driven by numbers and analysis. Um, details. They want checklists. They want want to be able to just make sure that they're tracking things very tightly. And so you fall into one of those main categories. And so then what we did from there is we said, okay, if that's how you are, how would you see short-term rentals as a passive income strategy? What would be the pros? If let's say, for instance, you're a high I, like Russ, on short-term rentals, you're going to love the fact that it's a people business. It's a it's a hospitality business. So you love the ability to be able to share a, a really warm space with people and they have a, a place to go. Um, now, you're going to have cons, though, with the short-term rental business, i.e. all the operational things that go behind it. Like, Russ can't even literally turn on the Airbnb app, you know, so... It would be terrible if we started a short-term rental business and Russ was the operator. He loves to be the mouthpiece. He wants to be out there telling people about how cool it is and, man, stay at our place and here's a discount code and all those sort of things. But we hired an operator because of the cons behind short-term rentals. Very time intensive, very operationally driven to get all the systems working and all that. And so we, we break down 10 different uh, passive income sources by that DISC profile, both on the pros, the cons, and then finally on the key factors. I don't know if you want to talk about that, Russ.
2: Well, you said ten. We're about to add eleven because Laundromat Jordan has got to get on the list. (laughs) i thinking
0: the exact same
2: thing, right? right? Like, I mean, the stallion here is just running his mouth, and they ain't giving an opportunity for the Laundromat guy to get in here. It's like we need, we need what the high eye likes about laundromats, dude. Tell me what, what is it? What's interesting to you? Cause I'm going to fill this out on the spot. And then if you yeah. guys end up coming and doing the investor DNA on our side, I'm going to have this already filled in for you. So then you can have Jordan's Amazing. take on it. How about that? Right, this guy's what, brilliant. What is a high I like about laundromats Jordan?
0: Yeah. I also am a high I, I mean, listen, it's a people business, right? It's one of the few places. Uh, and I, I say this a lot now, but it's funny to kind of put it in this context. You know, it, it from a perspective and I'm like, oh, this is probably why I say this and everybody else who's not an I probably doesn't care about this. Uh, This is what I love about it, right? It's like, it's one of the few places in in our communities, especially lower income communities where people still gather, right? Like it's a gathering place for community. So I really love that. Uh, It's an opportunity to really inject a lot of value into a community and uh, a lot of worth. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, Businesses, including laundromats in lower income communities, are, you know, are like, have that sort of mindset of like, uh, I'm just going to like keep it going. I'm not going to really invest a whole lot into it. And that, I, in my opinion, that communicates a lack of value or lack of worth in that community, right? To that community. And, but you have an opportunity as a laundromat owner to really inject a whole lot of value and worth into a community by saying, you're worth investing in, you're worth, you know, having a, a, a nice laundromat here to come do your laundry. It's comfortable, it's safe, it's clean. Uh, so definitely a lot um, on that side of things that laundromats have um, going for them. And, and even in, I mean, my, my laundromats have all been in roughest of rough neighborhoods here in LA. And I would say at least 95% of even those neighborhoods, the people are great right? By and large, the people are great. And it's a, it's a small minority that make the neighborhoods rough uh, a lot of times. So really awesome.
2: What would you say are the cons from your profile's perspective? What are the things that you, your, your personality style has to get over? You have to figure out a way around.
0: Yeah. So, I mean,
2: it's going to be tied to operations for
0: sure. And, you know, one of the things about laundromats is that they're very simple, right? If you keep them clean, you keep the machines working, you keep a smile on your employee's face. You keep, you know, you're you're doing just the basic stuff. The lights are all working. There's change in the change machines, all that. But all those are like little details that not only do you have to keep track of and do, but you've got to be consistent on those day in day out. It's the same stuff over and over and over. And it's my nightmare. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the operation side of it is it's tough, right? Um but some people thrive in that, right? Some people really thrive in that. But for me, the operations and the consistency and providing the, you know, almost that like franchise model, like the same experience every time in every location and and just making sure it's a good time, a uh, good experience every time. It's like it's it's a it's a huge monumental effort and it was part of what took me so long to figure out how to start making money with my laundromat that was losing money. I was like, I just have to do this for a really
2: long time. And as you're listening to Jordan share these details, it's interesting because I am an eye as well. And so Jordan, I'm listening to you talk about that and I'm thinking the repetitive nature of anything is the opposite yeah. of what an eye profile wants. Like every time Joey and I go do presentations, I redo it. We used to make the joke when he came over to come work with me and he was trying to learn how to have these meetings with people That, you know, we'd have 10 first meetings with, you know, new prospective clients, and I'd do them 11 different ways. And he he just, I don't want to repeat anything. I like to recreate every time. And I could totally see how the repetitive details of showing up, doing the same exact thing, making sure it's always done that way, is easy to get missed. And you're spending more time on, like, making the place look pretty. You're, like, probably thinking about what new technology can we make the, you know— Inside the machines, how can we do this better? What I mean, what if we can get this thing out on social? Can we? Can we get a guy on the street like spinning the board? You're thinking marketing, like you got all the things, right? How can I buy bunches to use at one time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like I don't have this part figured out yet, but I'm ready to go big with it. <laughs> uh, all right, so you 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 led to me, Joey, on the the key factor. So I, I want to again. I'm just going to have you fill in the blanks for us because I'm just doing this. Uh, on the spot. So there's really four key factors that we have put into the decision making for someone as they're trying to narrow down the path of the things that they would want to invest in, right? And they come to time, capital, selling required, and detail. Now, we just have, have narrowed those four down for people, so this is someone operating a laundromat, not someone just being a passive investor in a laundromat. How much time, if a one is zero hours, a two is five hours or less, three is twenty hours um, or less than uh, less than twenty hours, and then four would be more than twenty hours. So more than twenty hours, uh, more than five but less than twenty, five hours or uh, zero. Uh, yeah. So
0: I mean, I think you can set them up to where there are two around that five hour mark. Um, but there are plenty that operate in that three timeline also.
2: Okay. And then let's talk about capital required. So 1,000 or less, 5,000 or less, $25,000 or less, or $25,000 or more?
0: Uh, Most laundromats you're looking at that number four. You're looking at $25,000 or more to get started. It is a capital intensive business. You got a lot of equipment. Uh, in there, you've got locations to do, you've got deposits for utilities and rents. So there's money definitely required. All right, Let, let's
2: talk about selling, marketing, right? Like being engaged, none, limited, moderate, or advanced. What, would, what sort of sales skills does someone need, marketing skills does someone need to, to operate a laundromat?
0: Yeah, uh, I would give that uh, put that on the number two and the limited. Uh, okay. It's been like a badge of honor in this industry for a long time to never do marketing and not have to do it. You know that field the dreams business model, uh, but the the industry is evolving here. But I think that you can make massive gains by having even just limited knowledge in, in marketing.
2: Awesome and sales. And then the, yeah. the last one is details. Uh, yeah. One's none. Two's low. Three's moderate, four's tons of details.
0: Uh, I'd say. I mean, in comparison with other other businesses, I'd I'd probably give it a two. Uh, I there's, that. I mean, there's a very limited. There are details to be had, but there's a very limited number of categories of details that you need to actually nail down for a self serve laundry.
2: That's awesome. So we, what, what we did is just literally fill in our grid, but that's the grid that we use to help people understand as they're, as they're trying to narrow down the potentially hundreds of different options. I mean, listen to your podcast they're listening to ours, they're listening to bigger podcasts, all these different podcasts that keep hearing a new idea. And one of the biggest obstacles that they're facing is just getting started and they don't know where to start. And if they make the mistake that I made and they do one thing and it doesn't work out, Right? Then they they make the mistake of stopping mm-hmm. right And, and you, don't, you don't have to you don't have to be great to start, right? You just have to start to be great. And the I heard a, this quote the other day this guy said that we don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems. And the purpose for us was to build the systems to build the organizational framework as you go out, to invest, you have a framework in which your, your system that gives you the ability to reach the capacity that you want, right? You have to be intentional as you're pursuing it, but you have to have good systems. We all wanna be financially free. We all wanna have geographical freedom. All these different things that we would say we would want But the problem is, is that we just don't have the systems built in a way to do it. So when we were doing this, Jordan, is we were trying to find ways to build systems, frameworks, formulas. And every single time we could look back on it, whether it's this or somebody, Joey mentioned, you know, the worst investment is a 401k. People say, ah, Russ, but I'm getting a match on it. Well, Why do you say that? Well, we have a formula. Either it's producing a passive income or it's reducing a monthly expense because that's the passive income over greater greater than monthly uh, expense formula. That's the financial freedom formula. So somebody says is the 401k, I say great. Does it produce passive income? They say no. I say does it reduce the monthly expense? They say no. I say is it, then is it either getting you closer to or further from financial freedom? And they go further from. I go now do you see why it's the worst investment? And they go oh. So that's a framework. Having a tool like this, investor DNA. I'm a I'm a S profile. I, 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 I love steady, I love consistency okay, great. What are the investments that meet that criteria and how I'll see them, pros, cons, and then what's the details? Do I have the ability to invest in, in the capital that's needed? Do I have the time uh, requirement needed? All those things that go into it and that framework, that system helps set them up for success.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, I mean, I think that, you know, having having that framework, I mean, it's, it's such a shot in the dark when you're trying to get started, right? And that you know, people who are thinking about getting into business, you know, we're already prone a lot of us to that shiny object syndrome that you were talking about earlier. Like, Oh, laundromats. Oh, self-storage. Oh, land flipping. I never heard of that. That sounds interesting. I it just, even as you were mentioning some of those things, I was like, yeah, I do want to learn about land flipping. I've seen that around a little bit and I got to get, I got to get in there. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's happening a lot, like as we speak here. Right. And so, you know having a, an investor dna assessment like this to help kind of focus us right and what's the uh uh oh there's an acronym i was just going to throw out there and i i can't remember but it's you know it's essentially like hey you know when we can focus down into you know starting with at least one thing find some success in it and build off that success that's where things start to compound and, and, you know, that passive income, if that's your goal, right, you've got to find something that's a good match with you. And then you've got to do it the right way. Uh, you know, as much as possible early on, because like you said, it's so easy to get discouraged. Uh, you know, if things go wrong early on and, you know, I experienced that too. And I got to that point where I was like, so do I cut bait? and and try something different or just lick my wounds or do do I say okay I learned some expensive lessons here let's put them to use and it's really difficult to do the latter right when you've been beat up and you've lost a ton of money it's so hard to just say okay I've learned some expensive lessons let's push on so we don't make those mistakes again uh but you know having that investor DNA and knowing what you know, knowing yourself and what you're going to resonate with, and being able to match that up with uh, with a business or an investment that's going to help you achieve that freedom, hugely valuable. Which leads to the question: There's got to be people listening right now that are like, "What and what can I do here? Uh, how do I get this uh, assessment uh, and figure out who I am as an investor?" Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Jordan. Um, we
1: actually uh, have created a landing page that uh, we'd love to connect with people from podcasts. It's it's one of our favorite things to do. And um, we also want to make the assessment available to you. Uh, it's normally, by the way, $200 in our community if you come into our community. Um, but for your listeners, we want to offer it for $15. Um, we have some hard costs associated with it. And But we want to make that available to you. If you go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash laundromat resource, wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash laundromat resource, you can get access to this course um, along with the assessment for $15. And we also have coaches there to walk you through the process so that you get a free 15-minute call to follow that up. So both of those are there on the, uh, the web page. And uh, man, we'd love to connect from with you and hear more about your journey and and how this has helped you along the way.
0: Awesome, dude! That super generous. So two things about that is number one, I have also joined your community. Uh, it's very cool, and it's cool to be in the room with other people with similar goals, right? Like we have a community over here of people who are interested in laundromats. Uh, but I also am a part of a couple different other communities, including yours. Uh, that are just a little bit broader and a little bit wider. And, and that's how you get exposed to new ideas and, and really see uh, growth. So check out their community. Um, and then number two, I got to know if land flipping is for me. So I'm gonna go take that assessment myself and see, you know, but I'm gonna be pretty discouraged if it tells me that lawn rats are not a good fit for me. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm gonna go take it. Uh, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and sharing your story and sharing your framework of how you uh, think through passive investing. And uh, I also encourage you guys to go check out, they share their actual passive investment and their numbers uh, that they get from each of their uh, categories of investment every month, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well guys, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it and looking forward to doing more stuff together. Uh, likewise. Right. Thank you, Jordan. All right. Hope you loved that interview with Russ and Joey from wealth without wall street. I uh, hope you got a lot uh, to take away from there. Uh, pick an action step, any action step, but I recommend that your action step might just be go to wealth without slash resource and check that, uh, DNA, uh, uh investor DNA assessment that they have over there, um, especially if that's the phase that you're in in your investor journey. Uh, But it could be whatever you want, uh, but just pick something and put it into action because that's what's going to help you achieve your goals. All right, we'll see you next week. Peace.